This is my favorite album. 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 Welcome to my favorite album with me, Andrea Cleary. I'm Fanula Jones, and this is my favorite album. Hello, welcome back to season two of my favorite album with me, Andrea Cleary. And thank you all so much for the support for season one. You made this music lover very, very happy. I'm really excited for season two. We've got six brilliant guests and six brilliant albums to dive into. And first up is, I think, one of my favorite episodes we've ever recorded with the hilarious and charming Fanula Jones, podcaster, Instagrammer, telly host and sustainable fashion queen. I love Fanula and I love to see her star rising with every year. We talked about the debut record from Fallout Boy, Take This to Your Grave, and it was honestly a really gas chat. I absolutely loved recording this episode of Fanula. So that's it. I won't keep you. Here's Fanula Jones and her favorite album. Fanula Jones, hello. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Hi. How are I'm, you? I'm very excited. I'm so excited. Ever since you asked me, right, so you, how like <laughs> Anyway, you asked me a while ago and jigs in the reels, I was very busy, whatever. Since you've asked me, I've thought about the question every single day and I'm not a very decisive person. Mm. So my answer has changed, but I'm, I'm happy with this and I'm so excited to be able to dig into it and for people to listen to mm-hmm. it and just be on the same level that I am with this album. I do think that this is a, this is a situation where people are going to have to jump up and get on our vibe. Because oh, one hundred! You get. We're not meeting you in the middle anywhere. No. You need to come to us, no, please. You need, you need to come to us with an open heart and with good energy. Yeah. Uh, will we tell the listeners what your original? Uh, oh, absolutely! Was? Yeah. So, whenever you decide to do a podcast, that's my second favorite album. We'll talk about Samstown <laughs> by the Killers because I have a lot to say about that. But I, as you said, I thought about it a lot since you asked, and I kind of have a top five that like rattles around mm-hmm. a couple of different options, including Samstown. But uh, this summer I went home and we were kind of clearing out my old room and I had a lot of old CDs and mom was like, take whatever you want. I was like, I'll take some for the car. And I took some for the car in Samstown and the album that I actually picked was one of them. And I just found upon listening to the one that I picked, mm-hmm. it's, it, I'll obviously get into it as we talk about it, but it's like so much more of a time capsule for me. Mm-hmm. And there is so much more emotional heft that yes. I kind of maybe didn't realize or maybe has been reinvigorated with listening to it with a 26 year old brain as opposed to a however old I was when I initially listened like 14 or 15 mm-hmm. um so I had to pick this and I thought there was more to talk about as well so what what is your favorite album from Nila Jones my I can't wait to <laughs> I can see the people roll their eyes already but my favorite album is take this to your grave by fallout boy no before any of you <laughs> just before anybody comes in here with judgment right the emo time. It was such a flash in the pan, right? But if you were the right age for it, which you were what, 14 when you first heard this album? Yeah. Like that's, that is so meaningful. Like you learn how to become angry. Oh, one sad. When I, and dramatic as this, well. This opened a door for me <laughs> for other artists, for other genres. Mm. Uh, it kind of gave me a different appreciation for 
music and maybe the, and again I know people are going to be like what is she talking about <laughs> it's a fall apart album but I was your very stereotypical teenage girl I saw music on a very surface level I loved pop music but I don't have the same appreciation for it that I have now mm-hmm. um, and these albums and this particular band came into my life and I realised that music and songwriting could be so much more mm-hmm. and I saw myself in a lot of these experiences, even though they were worlds away. I was not a teenage boy in Chicago, really mad at my girlfriend because she just dumped me. I was 14 living in the countryside in Cork. Mm -hmm. Um, But exactly as you said, it was just, it was this sense of community, the sense of belonging, this sense of feeling Mm -hmm. that I got from it. Um, and it's never really left P- Emo never dies I stand by that I am an elder emo now It yeah. never dies This album slaps as hard for me now As it did when I was that age When I was a teenager So so I haven't listened to this album Since I was a teen Like not 18 Like a teenager Maybe 16 mm-hmm. Or something like that Because I first heard Fall Out Boy Kind of on the tail end of my emo thing So I got into Funeral for a Friend and My Chemical Romance were like my big band. And then I remember seeing music video for Sugar We're Going Down, which is off the next album, I think. Yes. And I was like, oh, these these guys seem kind of jovial and a bit like they're definitely still emo, but they're wearing plaid and they're they're just a bit brighter or whatever. So I was like, right, I'll check out their records. And then I remember listening to this first record and being like, oh, no, this is this is emo. Mm. Like, and and listening to it this week. I'd sort of forgotten, because I haven't returned to any emo really, I'd completely forgotten just how unhinged like all of the instrumentation is. Like just it's so fast paced and like all of these like rhythmic changes within like 10 seconds of each other. I had whiplash listening to this. But the other thing was, I was like, I don't think I remember this album. I was like looking down the list of songs. I was like, I don't think I remember it at all. And then as soon as I hit play, I was like, I remember like I was so flooding back like, like this so the funny thing for me about them and this band was when I initially got into them I actually this was probably my least favorite follow-up mm. album because I got into them a bit late I got into them infinity on high yes. era which was maybe their most it was a, this was the album after from under the cork tree which had sugar were going down that was my favorite album and it was kind of Maybe Infinity the peak of yeah, I was, loved that. Yeah. I loved the afterlife of the party. That song so from that good. album, I remember loving. Don't start because I'll start. I'll sing for this room. entire podcast and it'll be <laughs> so annoying and there'll be so much editing. But yeah, that album for me because I think they were just at that place in mainstream media and like that kind of level of celebrity as well. Mm. Because I was just starting to engage with like engage with celebrity culture in a big way. Mm. Um, but as when I came back to this one because this is what this is the CD that I had in my car and I was listening to a lot. And I just loved that it wasn't as polished as those. The polish that I loved initially, when I came back to take this to your grave, I was like, no, this was who they, this was where they started. And yeah. I can really admire that, that this was the core of who they were and a lot of what they were, they carried through yes. in terms of the lyricism and the songwriting and everything like that. Um, it's just those foundations, I think, I don't think I gave enough respect to as a teenager, but mm. now I'm like, no, this was the blueprint for them. And for a lot of, I think, modern day pop, like, and especially female pop songwriters, which mm. we'll get into. But yeah, you can just see their influence everywhere, I think. Yeah. And I think they, they took this album very seriously because it was their their first signing. 
think they signed who did they they, they, they signed, signed the to Ireland right but I didn't realise yeah. this so they they'd signed to Ireland I'm pretty sure they're still signed with Ireland but this album was released through Fueled by Ramen which was like the emo you know it's like Parma, any like emo pop punk band you can think of they were probably signed to Fueled by Ramen at one yeah. point so it was kind of I think they released it through that to give them that kind of bit more cred or something yeah. like the island were like yeah okay you can do the first album through this yeah um, and we'll see how you really go interesting. And, yeah. then, and then when we kind of put it out through island which would be under the cork tree which is yeah. the next album like stratospheric success like yeah. ridiculously big for especially like I mean obviously like o- other emo bands from that time they might have a bit more but, but because a lot of them stopped mm. There might be a bit more of a kind of um, like, oh, well, they they were the best band, blah, 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 whereas Fall Out Boy kind of continued and are like still gigging. Like their, their commercial success. This yeah. is another thing I didn't realise when I was just kind of digging into it a bit more myself. Like they've had four number one records in the US, Insane. which is kind of unheard of yeah. for a band of that genre as that well. That isn't Blink-182. Yeah, like, exactly. They're, they'd be the only comparable yeah. group. And as you said, the touring, they were due to come over here. Hopefully they will soon. God damn you, yeah. pandemic. Um, with Green Day and oh, Weezer, yeah. we were talking about before we started recording. Yeah. Hell, a mega tour. Oh, I just hope it happens. I really want to go. I'd go to see Weezer, I think. But only if they promised to play only songs from the Blue Album and from Pinkerton and nothing else. I but, hope they're listening. But Are you listening, Rivers? Rivers! Monsieur request. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would go though. That would be great crack. I oh, think. Yeah. it's just and that was it. This was like they built such a reputation around their live shows, which I think is what made them mm. the success that they were. Like their their movement around the Chicago scene and everything in the hardcore scene, and they just brought that. I think that's what separated them from you, as you said, the others that maybe didn't continue or stop. Yeah. That's why they still have such a following, I think. I find it so funny that, you know, I was reading about them and, and finding out that all of them except Patrick, or maybe even him, they all came from kind of hard, uh, hardcore bands in the Chicago scene. And then it, when you fast forward about like six years or five years after their first record, you have Pete Wenz on the cover of like girls magazines being like targeted at like 12 or 13 year old girls with like... I, I was looking, I just put in like Pete Wen's uh, tabloids and I was looking at like, you know, the front covers of stuff that he's been on and it's like Pete Wen's bears all and he, there he is like shirtless and stuff. And I'm like, from the hardcore scene to like teen heartthrob is, a, is I don't know if there's a comparable kind of, if there was another instance of that happening with a band. Yeah, I'm not sure. And the funny, the funny thing was, is that he was always really keen on it, not him not being in that position yes. and the band being like... But he like, was just so hot. He was too... <laughs> sorry, the man is molten. The man is in his 40s and every time he puts up an Instagram story, I'm like, whoo, there he is. Yeah. There's my man. Yeah. Um, It's just, it's yeah, he really didn't ever want to position himself as the front which he because he isn't either he's no. not the singer he's the bassist I mean, he's not even the lead guitarist he's yeah the bassist, he's the like. bassist but it was obviously like he got married to Ashley Simpson and then it was just like celebrity follows do you want to hear something really sad so yes. as I said this was a time where I was engaging with celebrity culture in a big way and I had like internet access and like I was on people.com every second day to see what was going on so it could be up to date and on the pulse whatever the words are <laughs> and they had this this is very strange I'm not sure if they still do it but they had a thing where you could basically submit celebrities for like their consideration that they would get their own profile like on okay. people.com so you could like go and see what stories have been written about them yada 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 
and they'd have like a top three every week and like every single week as they were kind of rising up the ranks I was like how are they not writing about Pete Wentz and I every single week I'd be like Pete Wentz Pete Wentz Pete Wentz Pete Wentz like submitting it and then sure then he was obviously with Ashley Simpson so it was like oh he got a profile and I was like yes yeah. vi- victory for me and probably no one else yeah I remember so not not fa- because I was a few years older I sort of saw the Pete Wentz thing and I was like oh I'm so over this you know these he's becoming too popular <laughs> Can't believe I, he's gonna have Ashley Simpson. She's so lame. Even though I was obsessed with the Ashley Simpson show, and I would, I would actually happily watch it again now. I like, need her to do. She's been spotted. I don't know if you're a Housewives fan, but she's been spotted in um, a couple of photos from like Kyle Richards, who is in House Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And I am so hardcore manifesting that she joins the <laughs> cast somehow. That yes, I get some please. kind of sideways tea about them co-parenting their kids, or like we get a cutaway scene where like Pete is dropping one of them off. I would die. It'll never happen. But I was the same though. Even within that like fandom. Mm. Um, because I wanted I was the biggest pick me girl of all time and I was like well I don't want to I don't want to go for Pete because everyone fancies Pete I made myself fall in love with Patrick and I did love Patrick because his vocals still to this day and I know this pop punk emo vocals you either love them or you hate them and they're often derided because they're very nasally and very whiny he is again I think that's what separates them from other bands he is he's a pure soul voice like his voice is incredible and I yeah. know he doesn't enunciate on some of the earlier songs but <laughs> I, I'll forgive that I love him either way he has I remember watching because again we're the age of the internet this was YouTube I was looking up every single video to do with them and um, to do with their band and I remember there was like a backstage they were prepping for some show or something it was just like backstage footage and he was doing the runs. Patrick was doing the runs from, do you know, Caught Up by Usher? You know those, I'm so caught up. He was doing it like over and over again for yeah. his voice. And I was just like, I love him oh. so, so, so much. And he did his own solo album. And I was just, oh, Did he best. have a solo yeah. album? He did two. They were kind of two. Or no, sorry. He did two versions of a song called Spotlight. They were in like different styles. Mm. What? Oh, I can't remember what the album was called. But um, yeah, he did his. And he's done... He's like theming stuff for Disney shows now. Okay. And he did it, that song with the DJ that's like, I got this feeling on a summer day. Oh there my he's God, vocals. I forgot all about yeah. that. Yeah. Jesus. He's kind of yeah. always working away in the background doing his own things. Yeah, because he was the primary kind of music writer for the band at this stage. Yeah. And Pete was the lyricist. Yes. and the, But the funny thing is with this album in particular, Patrick actually started writing a lot of the lyrics for yeah. it. And then Pete came in and was like, no, I don't. I I don't know what they, I'm paraphrasing now massively, but I I the quote I read was that he didn't feel like Patrick was giving it his all. I'm doing bunny ears. What the fuck does that mean anyway? Um, so he stepped in, which I probably think was the right call okay. because I I like I think Patrick is a decent enough lyricist, but I think in terms of Fallout Boy and what they do, yeah, like Pete them, it's like bread and butter, and it's let's that's talk about clear some of the album. lyrics actually and some of the songs because. I had sort of forgotten how much of emo was about dying, um, misogyny. being on fire, misogyny, yeah. Um, yeah, setting other people on fire or setting yourself on fire. I remember The Used had a song called I Caught Fire or something. I seem to remember that's somewhere in like the a back of, of flames, my yeah. mind palace. Um, a lot of like hanging, mm. like... Mm. like just a lot of very mm. intense imagery mm. for songs that are about like a girl breaking up with you and like is now going out with like 
the guy on the football team I, or whatever. I <laughs> but think, it meant so much yeah, to you. Like. I think that's why I love it though. It's yeah. just, it's so, so extreme. I know, every the stakes are so low. And I'd love, I'd love to see, I think this is coming up to, when did this come out? 2003. Yeah. So we'll be at a, the 20 year anniversary next year. Jesus, yeah. I think they were half on about doing an anniversary tour. The, I don't think they did. I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me. Um, but like I can I now they close nearly every show with Saturday which is from this mm. album but I love to think of them all in their 40s reflecting on this album being like what the fuck what man it wasn't about? that deep like it's yeah. like do you even remember her now like you know what I mean it was just but that's I love it it is the perfect screaming along in the car mm. you're there with him you feel him you hate that other person it's just it's brutally honest to the point where you're like sometimes yeah. but I I love I love I love that heart in your sleeve attitude. It's the art that I appreciate the most. I think. Yeah, I do. I I do like the sort of that element of pop punk. I think is the most. Um, I'm saying pop pop punk emo, but these these are kind of they're more towards the pop punk mm. sort of thing. Um, that is just like extremely low stakes. Um, interpersonal relationships and just like setting yourself on fire on someone's lawn and being like here is every feeling I've ever had and I'm going to scream it and the guitar is going to go mental (laughs) and the stakes are very very high actually because we are teenagers and I, I love that about pop punk I don't listen to pop punk anymore but when I did when I was younger I remember feeling like yeah these things are important actually and I think it just even as a marketing like idea to kind of I don't know it, it like emo felt like a reinvention of the teenager in in the same way that like in the 60s the teenager happened with the Beatles and stuff when emo happened it was kind of like okay now we're going to reinvent the teenager as this kind of like surly sad sort of person and us boys are going to be the ones to speak to them yeah you know yeah do you remember more girls being into fallout boy than boys when you were a teenager because that was definitely a thing in my friend group yeah 100 percent. but again because because i got into them late i remember watching like some of the old they did like a kind of documentary move i think it was in tandem with this album uh and I remember a lot of the footage from the shows, like it seemed to be kind of a bit of a more even gender split. Mm. And I remember being like, that's crazy. And I remember commenting on a YouTube video about it being like, God, those were the days, whatever, despite the fact, one, I never existed in those days. <laughs> what the fuck were you talking about? No, no phones. Yeah, literally. Just people vibing. <laughs> um, and someone rightly commented back and was like, no, it was always like, yeah. it was always very much predominantly teenage girls because yeah. like I can imagine you're following this, these group of men who are giving this voice to, yeah. you know, the, what the, ostracized is such a strong word, <laughs> but you know, these people who feel like they really don't have a voice and they feel so the strongly, oppressed, the, the, the oppressed, oppressed, the oppressed teenage girl that we all were, um, <laughs> But yeah, definitely. I think it was just, but that that is how I felt. Like, yeah. As ridiculous as it is now, yeah. Um, because it also was like you're listening to these lyrics and you're listening to these boys being really mad at their girlfriends for leaving them, and you're like, "But I wouldn't. Do I would that. never do I that. I would never leave you, Pete Wentz. <gasps> like, but like and truly, if only he understood this. Yeah, then everything would be fine. Yeah, that was me with Jared Way. 
from um, My Chemical Romance was just completely If only they made person. chance trips to Ireland and <laughs> stumbled upon me and the local Eason's in Cork I City. Know, and just browsing the books. Just browsing and our hands would touch yeah. and he would realise... That I'm not like other yeah, girls. Yeah, I'm not like other girls. <laughs> in so many ways. <laughs> Tell me a bit about the music that you kind of, uh, the, the avenues that this opened up for you, this this album. Oh my God. So I was not someone who engaged with guitar music at all okay. prior to this. As I said, I was very like, uh, chart, all into the charts, mm. very into what, what was, was in the charts around this time. What do you remember? God, what was in the charts? So early 2000s, like Usher? Usher, Burn? like kind of Westlife. Okay. I remember getting a Stacey Oracle album for Christmas that oh, I was very into. Wow. That was, Whoa. where is she now? Miss you, Stacey. Please come Jesus. back. Great album. Yeah. Let's talk about that on. My third favourite album with Sandra <laughs> Cleary. Um, Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. Char- uh, Breakaway actually was also in contention for this podcast. Someone okay. else do that, please. I will listen to that. <laughs> um, and it, it was, I never... I just always thought this kind of music was like too scary or like too explicit. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I remember he, again, I came to Fall Out Boy Late. I remember listening to them on a now compilation CD on holiday. I think we were in either Portugal or Spain. And I remember I was listening to it on my Walkman, like under like the bed sheets in case, God forbid, anyone heard or knew, despite <laughs> the fact that my parents had no idea who or what Fall Out Boy was. Still probably don't fucking know, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and I remember listening to, it was from under the cork tree that I was listening to, and I remember I was scandalized because they were like Swearing. singing about like, uh, crawling into bed with me. And I was like, oh my God, they're singing about shagging. What the <laughs> hell? So explicitly when like, all that's all pop music, but it's, I don't yeah. know, it was totally over my head. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as I kind of sat with them, I found myself moving towards bands like The Killers that I'd already mentioned, um, The National, mm. um, and then I suppose in a weird roundabout way, kind of brought me around to like a lot of hip hop and a lot of rap. Mm. Um, it's just very strange that mm. it all began, you know, the six degrees of separation. Like it's, because yeah. you'd like Jay-Z does a feature on Infinity on High. Yes, so, Like Fall Out Boy are very good with collaborating with yeah kind of people maybe you wouldn't expect them to like they've cla- like Demi Lovato Big Sean Elton John Burn A Boy and the most recent <laughs> album that song is so good um, yeah just all kinds of avenues to yeah. genres that again I just never thought were for me because I was a girl of a certain age right. which is so strange that I ever had that idea but it's so interesting that, that that's still a th- that was still a thing in like 2003 or 2004 or whatever when when like I don't know. Is it still a thing now? Because I think like guitar music and wearing Strokes t-shirts and stuff is like, that's like a queer eye thing. Now, mm. Do you know what I mean? So like the kids, yeah, I don't know. I think it, it, it is very different now. But the idea of emo and bands like this and albums like this, it was, I, I remember it being like a very ready-made set of fans. Like it, it did have that kind of subcultural thing of like you see someone with a Fall Out Boy t-shirt and you lived in like a small town or you know you lived like somewhere where there's not a whole lot of like different groups mm. you see someone and you're like oh my god fucking mates is it yeah. is it yeah. mates yeah. and then you are like and our group I remember like kind of factioning off the older crowd would be like the tastemakers and they'd be like Oh, Led Zeppelin are the best and we were like yes Led Zeppelin are the best and then we all found Fallout Boy and we were like actually 
like emo is better than Led Zeppelin <laughs> and then we just like cease to be friends with the older boys and just like had the truth hurts thing. what the truth the hurts truth what can hurts, I say you know like I'm, I'm not I'm not I, I'm no I no longer have an opinion on either of those <laughs> bands but like I remember at the time it being very important to me that the older boys understood that just because they like Led Zeppelin it doesn't mean that they're right mm. and I think that was a very good lesson to learn I never on. like it was so I never had that experience like in my I was the weirdest fucker ever because I in any way engaged with this music and because I liked you Father Boy like outlier. I was like and like the fact that there was an emo in the primary school it was like wow fascinating I was a case study did you dress like an emo yeah but like in but not in like I did like I wanted to be like Audrey Kitchings in my space queen pink hair obviously okay. could not do that because I was brunette and my parents were strict <laughs> and rightly so they yeah. made sure I did not ruin my hair thank yeah. you Calista yeah. and Frank um, <laughs> but I had like I loved the merch whenever I could get it like very black eyeliner um, but I I didn't really have that experience until I went to college of meeting people that liked other emo bands and yeah. at that point I'd kind of moved out of it and then yeah. followed by go back together and girl was she back was she back <laughs> into it my man brought me to see them on their like comeback tour in Manchester and it was the best experience of my life and Aww. I think probably in the top five best experiences of hers even though she'll never say but um <laughs> yeah it's just so like it is those things of those cycles of coming back to things and I don't know if it's I don't know if it was just for me this year with going back to this particular album and focusing on it so intently was it nostalgia is it what we're you know I'm gesturing wildly to the world outside everything that's going on and coming back to this pure sense of comfort and knowing that I can't control everything else but I have this piece of work that brings me back to a time when I thought the biggest issue in my life was this boy won't text me back I don't know if he likes me you know yeah yeah like there there is with, with albums like this that you wouldn't revisit a lot like I've plenty of albums that like oh okay computer is one of my favorite albums once i started listening to that album i never really stopped mm-hmm. but an album where it, it exists in like one singular space and time in your life and then coming back to it it's like like this this wasn't even one of my big albums from from like the emo period or whatever but even just like the dial tone at the beginning of the first song, I was like, I was, I had such whiplash. I was like, holy God, I need to do my science homework. <laughs> like <laughs> One of the, one of the days that I was driving down and I had this on again and it was like, it was during the summer and it was like one of those, it was really, really hot. Thanks global warming. And it was just like, I just remember, I felt like, I, I, I was like transported back to being a teenager in Cork, but I was also this teenager in Chicago and it's high school and we're yeah. back in the noughties and, I'm so mad at everything and I don't want to don't want to do gym class or whatever. <laughs> it was just but it even beyond nostalgia for me, what I think I like I do absolutely think this stands up as a good album mm-hmm. from a composition perspective. I think that's why it's not just nostalgia for me. Like yeah. I think as you said, there's so many interesting little quirks on this in terms of it's pacing. It's an extremely quirky album. The guitar, like this is a summer album for me. I don't, like the guitars for me are just so, not on every song, but like they're so bright, they're so sharp. Mm. Like the opening track to Let My Key just made my list of things to do, to do today, sending postcards from a plane crash. They're <laughs> I just. Was, I was laughing so much when I saw, like when I was reading the, the, the names of the songs. And just like to open your debut record with the song that starts with tell that me because like, <laughs> I just fully saw it as being like a slur for Irish people <laughs> I just imagine the 
this like this Irish guy and he's like tell that Mick right if I see him around and then I was like no it's probably just a man's name like calm down <laughs> not everything is identity politics Andrea like <laughs> it is a reference to something but it, it yeah. goes beyond me but yeah it's just, I, like uh, Chicago is so two years ago that's probably my favourite song on uh, this record what does that one go like there's a light on it yes. and it is yes, that bit of the end where one. it's like Joss Patrick singing it's like the only thing you'll get is this curse on you I hope they taste of me and it's the core oh it's so <laughs> good but that's like that's a summer night for me and you're rocking around and you're like with your friends and you're like longing after this person who just left or whatever mm. that's how I interpret the song anyway I don't actually know what it's about and then there's a lot of like even the more introspective songs that I don't think are necessarily about someone else they're about heartbreak that uh, the pros and cons of breathing where he's like I want to hate you half as much as I hate myself mm-hmm. this again at a time when I was so felt so isolated as a teenage girl because I just felt like I didn't fit in with the popular girls I didn't look like them but I also didn't necessarily want to look like them mm-hmm. yeah. um, it was ju- just having that voice it was just oh it's great it's so it's such a time machine of an yeah. album for me it can be so revelatory when you're a teenager and you sort of know that outsiders exist because you see them in popular media, you see them in films and especially with like the amount of American media that we would have been kind of exposed to. And you're like, but I, I remember for me thinking like when you'd watch things like Freaks and Geeks or Mean Girls or anything where there's like cliques in high schools, it'd be like, yeah, that's great. It's just that I'm the only one like they there's a there's like a group of like burnouts or goths or whatever. But I, I remember there being a time where I was like, I'm that, but I'm the only one. So if I start dressing and behaving like that, people are just going to think I'm a weirdo, like, on my own. Mm-hmm. So then when you start finding music, especially, like, it's it's all well and good with, like, some people love films the way that I love music, and that's fine. But, like, with music, it's so personal. And it's like somebody telling you, like, hey, it's okay to be weird. And even though some of the, like... Not this album, and not not even necessarily Fall Out Boy, but like a lot of the emo stuff was like quite cringe mm. in terms of like how how kind of big the stakes seemed to be mm. when you're just kind of sad in school. Um, but having someone just kind of being like, "Yeah, I'm weird too," and sometimes I do hate myself, or sometimes I don't feel like I fit in with people. That's such a like a magical thing to kind of give somebody. Mm. And then when you find other people through that, it's like, whoa, like, holy shit, we all feel. And all teenagers have always felt this. It was just that in the early 2000s, this was the music that the weird kids listened to. <laughs> and, that's, and that's fine. <laughs> Tell me about some of the songs. Um, you mentioned Saturday. I think that's probably like the poppiest on it right oh interesting it? yeah um i think were, oh, were any of them singles like so they have music the, videos so the three songs. singles were saturday dead on arrival mm. um and grand theft autumn otherwise known as where's your boy which is actually this was that was that my avenue jam. into this album yeah um because i said i was like two albums ahead and then when i got into this again massively on youtube watching the video um I think Grand Theft Autumn is pretty poppy as well. Yes, that's true, yeah. Um, oh, such a good song. The the Where Is Your Boy Tonight thing, I was reading that Patrick like hates the acapella 
uh, vocal thing at the beginning. Yeah, so I, I actually, I remember when I did start watching this and like watching the video, it because it goes, it's like really in on his face. I was like, the, I was like, this is a big cringe. We need to get rid of this. It. It's so, so good. Yeah. Um, Saturday again, I didn't really vibe with initially as a teenager because like there's... It, it, Pete does some like screamo vocals. I'm doing them in bunny ears. At the yeah, end. can we talk about the screamo vocals? Yeah, because I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a nice surprise for you listening this week. Oh boy. Oh, oh. Uh, and then, I, boy, did I remember? And I was like, oh yeah, okay. Album one. Yeah. We're just we're we're doing the screamo vocals. Yeah. Um, how do they make you feel now? Because it it had just been so long since I'd heard. That style. I think <laughs> I was like, it's pr- it's probably still not my favorite, but I think mm. I think the contrast between him doing that and Patrick, Patrick's vocals, like sweet, like yeah, or, kind of I I do think that's interesting. I do think it brings like that song live is on an on another level. Yeah. It's so 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 good. Um, I have as I said, I've read that they, they close every show with this song. Still cannot verify that. I'm pretty sure they closed at the show mm-hmm. I saw them. Um, with that um, but it really is just like it is that anthem it is that chorus of just yeah. screaming along with your friends mm. and um, but out, out of the singles I would say Grand Theft Auto is probably my favourite Dead on Arrival I've come back to because I just think instrumentally it's probably more interesting mm. and I love the pacing of it yeah just done it like it's again I remember that when I pulled into Abbey Leaks and tell that make it just finish and this went in it was like that intro is just yeah so good it just does something to my skin I just feel it like because the pace doesn't really let up at all yeah it's quite intense there is a moment around calm before the storm which I loved Growing up, and I maybe if you'd ask, if you were talking to teenage Trina now, she would maybe say that that was her favorite song. Mm. Um, but that's the only thing that you could even remotely describe as like a ballad or a power ballad. That's sure. not even the correct thing to say, but it is more like there's this really emotional like ladder third, mm. and it just builds and builds and builds and builds. But yeah, as you said, it's like absolutely like especially those last two tracks, reinventing the wheel to run myself over and the patron saint of flowers <laughs> and fakes. That title is so fucking stupid. I can't be reinventing the wheel this band. to run myself over. Um, but that is just <laughs> like the precaution on that. Um, and then like the chorus of Patron Saint is like just uh, when it all goes to hell will you be able to tell me you're sorry with a straight face it's just two apps like a one-two punch mm-hmm. um, and Pete screams on that one as well and it's a very kind of haunting outro yeah. with Patrick's vocals and just the guitars mm. Um, yeah it's it's an adrenaline rush of an album it's it is it doesn't stop like it, it I, I think on like Infinity on High there was like we said like the afterlife of the party Golden think, um, was like just Patrick on the piano uh, yeah like there were there Strong. were these kind of bits where you could maybe feel the influence of a studio mm-hmm. or like a like a studio engineer being like oh maybe we'll try this one a little bit yeah like a producer just, just being pull like, it slightly back let's, let's just whoop. yeah because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it can be a very very intense experience listening to it um i i was trying to i i tend to do this with uh i i do this weird thing right where i listen to <laughs> songs say like like a really great song like Don't Stop Me Now by Queen, right? And I put myself in the mindset of 
like I, I have friends who are musicians and they'll send me like a demo or something and I try and put myself in the mindset of listening to Don't Stop Me Now by Queen or no the best one is Eye of the Tiger right so you're listening to Eye of the Tiger but you listen to it as if your friend had just sent it to you as a demo okay and you try and react to it and just be like what would I say to my friend who just sent me Eye of the Tiger okay and I was trying to do this with this album and imagine that I knew this band today and they'd sent me this album. Like, what notes would you have for them, I suppose, okay. is, is, is my question. And my, mine would be, let's let's have a dip in the middle, I guess, mm-hmm. if we want to make it a bit more of a journey. But um, I'm curious to know what, what yours would be. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I, I suppose I'd be the same because, yeah. but I think it's easy to say that like retrospectively retrospectively because I knew what they could do and Mm. kind of seeing like Patrick's talent shine come through more as like um a composer and everything yeah god I don't know like in a lot of ways I think this album has no no like (laughs) I just fair enough like I think like again and I even as I said there would have been a couple of tracks when I was a teenager that I would have like skipped but Mm. now I do view this album pretty much as a no skip album for me yeah. but again am I saying that with the benefit of time probably mm. it's, probably it's, it's a, probably a little from column A a little from column yeah. B you can't escape nostalgia that's the thing yeah. and I, like I've I've learned that even from just doing this podcast like I think I've had two people in in season one um Michael Fry and Sarah Corcoran who both said like I chose this as my favorite album, but like looking back, it's not actually that good, sort of thing, which is funny. Um, whereas, no, I, I, I like that you are still like going to bat for this. this yeah, is, I yeah. just, I'm looking at all these songs it. now, and I'm just like, banger. I don't banger, know what banger. I, would, I don't know what I, would, I think, I do think like the first half of the record is stronger. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I it fucking slaps. Yeah, like I just. I'm smiling looking at this track. It's just such a strange reaction to have. Just can't wait to listen to it in the car on the way back. Um, for anyone who wasn't paying attention to kind of celebrity culture in uh, the 2000s, give give us a bit of an overview of what like we 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 kind of alluded to it with with Pete Wentz, but like give us a bit of an overview of like Fallout Boy in culture. It was so, it, but it, he the way it was, it was like they were connected to so many other bands as well, mm. and it was like. This was like Tumblr year as well. Mm. Like, remember that? I was I'm really still massively. on Tumblr. <laughs> like, uh, are you? <laughs> yeah. It's me and four other people. <laughs> Having a great and, time. And one of them is Neil Gaiman. <laughs> like, just hanging in there. <laughs> Sarah Griffin as well, who uh, who does Juvenalia. She's still on Tumblr. Go on, Sarah. Like, just, like, we'll never, we'll still never give anyone my username. <laughs> like, oh, just, fair. Like, fair. No. Fair. That's but, your yeah. safe space. But no, these were the, the I joined. Tumblr to be included but I just could never understand and I was so annoyed when people had like really nice looking blogs and I yeah. was like how the f- I need to learn coding to do this <laughs> yeah. fuck's sake um, uh, what was the question oh my god sorry I got totally down a tumble um, rabbit hole <laughs> uh, the culture at the time the and culture yes sorry kind of. so obviously it was like the Pete Wentz show this yeah. was pre him even kind of marrying anyone else famous he mm. was kind of you know, he had those like ludicrous quotes that kind of added to 
the artistry and that whole thing of like he's a voice for the voiceless again so hyperbolic don't please don't ever use these quotes against me um you know that thing uh, i'm I'm gonna paraphrase here again but it was like this was picked up by every sugar bliss Miz magazine ever to be like oh my god wouldn't he be the perfect yeah wouldn't he be the perfect boyfriend where he went he wanted to get his girlfriend at or the whoever he was courting at the time a present (laughs) or for a birthday or something i don't know and he went in and got an x-ray of his heart oh my god to give i remember that to the girl i'm gonna look it up here so that i have like i like it was just it was that kind of shit which is why (laughs) like people were either like all in or absolutely hated them yeah i remember the VMAs, this would have been, uh, this was around Infinity Now High, I think. They won like best group for the third year in a row, mm. which again, not really, not really an achievement because it was like the MTV Video Music sure. Awards, whatever. And like who but else were they up against? This was an era when the VMAs was like insane. Yeah. Like this oh, was. Oh, I remember I like live mad. blogged the MTV VMAs on my Star Doll account. <laughs> That was where my journalism career started. Oh, I was upset. Do you was a, still have access to that? Because I would give. I did, but I couldn't find the. I couldn't find the live blogs. It was really annoying. I, oh, I no. rated everyone's style, but that was like Rihanna <laughs> wore that pink satin dress, and they actually did shut up and drive together. Like she sang, but they were the backing band, oh, and they were all in the same suite. And like Kanye West was there, and T Pain. It was a fo- It was a mess. It was oh, <laughs> Bring me back, but. They, and like then, as I said, having them connected to all these other bands, to so like Panic the Disco, were kind of. Followed by your first, but like they kind of ended yeah. up maybe not on an even pegging, but in terms of that emo celebrity thing, yeah. and there was a lot of like by panic again. I'm doing inverted yeah. commas about like like conversations around Pete's sexuality and whether he was with a couple of the lads from Panic at the Disco yeah. and stuff, and like you know, like people like the fan culture would be trying to see photos of them like together and putting yeah. together the pieces. It Early was, shipping. It was like, oh fully. Yeah. It was it was in it was intense. It was yeah. very intense. Yeah. I think Panic at the Disco was my exit. Yeah. I think um, I didn't like them and I thought that they were sort of... I, it was like the first time in my life when I felt like, oh, this this is for the younger crowd now. And I was probably like 17. Like It was very much like being marketed, mm. Panic at the Disco. I, I did like, like Panic, but I've... Leave. Yeah, I'm ready I've, to go now, I think. That, okay, I have the, the quote here. Um, oh, yeah. I had a girlfriend once and I wanted to give her a photo of my heart, like an x-ray. So I went to my doctor and complained about pains in my chest. He Wasting listened, the doctor's time! He listened to me. This is why the HSE is in a shambles. He listened to me and looked at me and said, there's nothing wrong with you. So I told him about my plan and he liked it. So he sent me to the hospital and got an x-ray. That did not happen. A bit, like, a bit iconic though. Like, when, it, do you know it, what I mean? It, it, it's... It's <laughs> the extraness, like it's yeah. just yeah. anyway. That the, the VMAs when they won as well. Sorry, I forgot to say this. They had it, they wrote fucking three piece on a sign and held it up because it was the third time they won in a row. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I remember, um, my brother was like, he still is my idol, but in terms of I really wanted to impress him, and me liking Follow Boy was like put a, a serious strain on our relationship in terms of like he was like what are you doing I remember them holding up this sign and he was like that is the most pretentious thing I've ever seen in my entire life now again he was also like five years older and was okay. also going into like young adulthood so everything was pretentious to him probably yeah. probably um, but yeah then obviously you'd Pete like getting married to Ashley and like their wedding Huge. and like even even when they came back I suppose post hiatus and stuff they kind of moved themselves back into mainstream culture they had a lot of songs picked up by like espn that kind of buoyed them to more success Mm. um but they were just 
they were everywhere. I remember if they were doing anything, any kind of like TV show or anything I would watch. They did Tuberty Tonight, actually. I remember that when they were doing, when they, sorry, this memory is flooding back to me. When Folia Do came out, they were the band on Tuberty Tonight because they were also playing Dublin. I wasn't allowed to go for some reason or I couldn't or I think I was still too young. And I remember just being like, I cannot fucking believe this. They're not big enough for the late, late, but Tuberty Tonight is happening. <laughs> I remember my mom telling me, being like, come in, it's this band you like. Um, Pete ended up hosting that uh, it was like kind of a oh, I can't I remember the name of it this. it was like oh a a late night music video show and right. they would so it was like Jules Jules I was about to say Jules Allen is turning his, in his grave but he is still alive I'm sorry Jules um, <laughs> it was kind of like Top of the Pops S kind of like CDUKS but it was America he hosted that and that was pre-Folio Juice that was pre well I think that's their f- fourth album technically he was the host um, where they would premiere these brand new music videos and he'd talk to he'd talk to them and there'd be like performances and stuff I remember Vampire Weekend actually premiered Oxford Comma that video oh, for that huge. on that show yeah um, that video directed by Richard Iowati did he direct that? he directed that he directed uh, a couple of the ones uh, what's that that side project of Alex Turner from uh from Lash Out Puppets. Yeah, he directed two of theirs. He directed um not Maps, not Date with the Night. Um I think he directed like two yeah yeah yeahs. Okay. He's like the unsung hero of music videos. Music videos. Like go. definitely like look into it. Sorry, I completely interrupted you. Actually, there. sorry. I, just, I need well. everyone to know how talented Richard Iowati no. is because I'm very like Just as well you went on that tangent because you remind me about something that actually isn't related to what you said at all. But <laughs> when you talk about it in terms of popular culture, Kim Kardashian was in the video for Thanks to the Memories. Yes, she was. And, and her it, it and Pete like kissed and the internet old, was scandalized. Old Kim Kardashian. And like. yeah, and when she did cribs, like this was pre I'm pretty sure this was pre keeping up with the Kardashians. When she did Cribs, her intro video was like featured her clip from Thanks for the Memories. Yeah. And she was basically like, Hi, I'm Robert Kardashian's daughter and like yeah. I'm a socialite or whatever. And I was in the music video for and, Thanks Yeah, the and then I obviously point. then had to consume this media because I was like, I'm t- again, this is another degree of separation from Pete Wentz. Yeah. Um and then obviously that led me down the rabbit hole of the Kardashians, for better or for worse, who knows? <laughs> but I think Pete Wentz came out and spoke about that kiss since, because obviously, like again, any tenable link to Kim Kardashian, the media are going to ask you about it yes. whenever you can. So yeah, I think good. he was just like, yeah, had a great time. Yeah. Um, any other avenues you want to go down here? Sorry, it's, I feel like no, I've just absolute knee jerk no, whiplash. Not at all. Um, it can be as tenuous as you like. Oh God! An, an, an invitation to uh, no. I just get lo- every I, I would I, you have. I would love if I would love if they did a twentieth anniversary yeah. tour for this. I don't know if they will because fucking the hell of mega tour is going absolutely nowhere. And if they do it, it'll probably be America only. But I I'd nearly go. I'd nearly just get the flight and be like. Yeah. How are you lads? What's the crack? Yeah. Be the oldest person in the room, or else we'd all be really no, old, and that would be very you'd comforting. You'd all be like late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. I think like yeah. the kids aren't listening to yeah. Fallout Boy. I don't think unless they're they're gonna do. A they should be. They should be. Um, because I mean, no, they have Olivia Rodrigo for their. Email ah, feelings. that brings me to that. Like, I when I, people talk about the bitterness in, uh, like her writing about relationships, and like Taylor Swift is often mm. like another artist that comes into that conversation. Yes. Like Taylor was heavily, heavily influenced by Fall Out Boy, and she said that on a number really? of occasions. Yeah, and if there there's a really good TikTok account, I can't remember the name of it, but it should be easy to find it searching where they do like parallels from. 
Taylor Swift's lyrics to follow by lyrics and there's a lot so more examples niche. than you think wow. yeah is it, exactly the four you page is working I was yeah. like this is exactly my audience um she actually when they I again only found this recently because of TikTok um she did a, an ad for I think it was either Guitar Hero or Band Hero the difference doesn't really matter but she did it with Rivers Kumo as we were talking about yeah Pete Wentz and oh I can't remember the third person it doesn't really matter but it was her singing it was her doing love story but the ad was the lads were were playing along at home and they were in like the shirt what's that movie with Tom Cruise and he said something um, oh where he uh, the show me the money film is that show me the money yeah what is that where he I don't think it is Jerry Maguire oh, it's the oh. other one the other one. Oh my god I dressed up as a <gasps> fake fan fake Fergal. fan <laughs> Fergal's furiously googling but they're, but they're doing that but they're all on the guitars and they, sl- they slide through as if they're playing Love Story but it's kind of funny because it's like it's the lads playing Love but anyway there's a behind the scenes interview where Taylor's like explaining the concept of the ad not that hard but and she's kind of saying that she's so delighted because she's doing it with these heroes of hers Risky Business Risky Business, risky business. Well risky business. someone is screaming at her phone right now <laughs> um, but yeah I think there's when people talk about like the bitterness of Olivia Rodriguez like I love that album this isn't a criticism of Olivia but like they Fall Out Boy walked so yeah. these people could run yeah maybe hot take controversial take whatever but no but there's also you- that misogyny there of like when Taylor Swift writes about her exes and you know when Annie, when Adele does it or whatever it's it's like oh okay calm down like <sighs> Calm down, love. And Pete Wentz oh, is like, I hope you crash your car. I literally I hope w- that you hang yourself with your boyfriend's smile. I want like, you to die. I, I literally want you to die. I hope your and mouth I- tastes <laughs> of me forever, you <laughs> wench. And I'm like, like yes, <laughs> give it to me. Yes, <laughs> now. Like, honestly, like, like you are when you're a teenager, you're listening to this and you're like, tear that bitch apart. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. horrible. Yeah. It's really horrible, yeah. but it's okay when they do it because yeah. they're boys and their feelings. Yeah. But at that time, I'm just saying, if you think anything that Taylor Swift or anything that Olivia Rodrigo or, or any other example has written is like pointed, mm. like listen, to, they're so biting, yeah, so biting, and that's why I love them. Don't necessarily agree with them. Yes, I'm sure even yeah. now they would like to distance themselves from a lot of the lyrics, but yeah, yeah, it was a different time. It was a different time. A different time. Yeah. Okay. Any any closing thoughts on this album? Any closing thoughts? Um. Just go wait till summer because you know what? Okay. If anyone hasn't listened to this record, wait till summer, right? Get if you can drive, um, get in your car. Um, but otherwise, use public transport. Um, <laughs> take one, take one good journey with this, and just listen to this, and have the window down, and make sure it's a nice day, and you will, you will just feel. I it's cathartic. It is yeah. such a cathartic listen for me, and I really hope if you're new coming to this that it is the same for you. And if it's not. That's fine. You are wrong. Um, and I hope you enjoy <laughs> your other shitty sounds in your ears. But yeah, I enjoy, love them. I enjoy your will. Kanye West. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I love this record. I need to get it on vinyl. I actually don't have it. But um, that's next Oh, list. yeah. Uh, the, the vinyl has the original uh, cover that they weren't allowed to use because it, it was a shot of Pete Wentz's girlfriend at the time lying in bed. Um and it was in a bedroom and they took loads of stuff from all the band members rooms but and like put them up in the walls on the shelves and stuff to be like here's stuff from our childhood and then they showed it to their record label and they were like we can't clear any of this because they had like um 
like pa- Patrick is like a really big fan of uh, Elvis Costello and they had like an Elvis Costello like record and they had like Transformers and stuff and they were like we cannot use this so the actual album cover of the four of them that's done like the kind of blue note jazz records with their names mm. at the top that was like the last uh, shot that they took that day that's I was reading about that and I was like oh that's that's interesting I need to get that even more the now. other album cover is really good yeah it's really really nice it's much nicer than this one I don't like this one I, I think the audacity to do it in the style of a, of a blue note like, I know it's just, I'm it's, like, it says everything about them doesn't really doesn't it, it? Like, it really does like but I you know with my grown-up kind of eyes on it I'm thinking ah yeah yeah why not yeah shoot for the fucking stars <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Fanula Jones thank you so much thank you so much for having me again about this. Um, you can listen to this album anywhere where you listen to albums goodbye thanks so much to Fanula for the chat and to you for listening you can subscribe to the podcast on all of your podcast apps and if you wanted to leave a review or a share with a friend that would make me very happy this podcast is an original Tall Tales production with thanks to Fergal Curtis for producing and Cassie Delaney for the artwork see you soon